want is an opportunity. This is America, ain't it? Who the fuck's stopping you? This is Bootlegging, where each week we will discuss HBO's original series, Boardwalk Empire. Grab a glass of your favorite libation, and let's do a little chin-wagging. This is Bootlegging, a Boardwalk Empire podcast. This is your host, Colton. And this is Chris. And today we're going to be talking about the seventh episode, episode seven, entitled Home. Uh, we were planning on having a special guest on with this episode. Yeah. Uh, one, his name rhymes with Schneichel Sh- Sh- What was the term? Schneichel <laughs> Sh- 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 Shannon. Yes, that's, that was his name. So we were going to have Michael Shannon on. We've been talking with him. He was really busy, unfortunately. I mean, he was here just a couple minutes ago, but he, he had some things he had come up. Engagement. I know HBO that he has. It. He's doing some publicity stuff right now. Uh, so unfortunately, it's just going to be me and Chris. You just have to listen to us this time. Um, again for the seventh time in a row. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to be talking about the seventh episode uh, entitled Home. Now, where does the title come from, Chris? Can you guess? I would say um, well, it's pretty obvious, right? Because they're at home. Well, it's the home that he grew <laughs> up in. You've got that going on. He's dealing with a lot of stuff. And then you also have like Jimmy going to the VA and he's kind of like, it's like clicking in his head. Like, I need to go home. There's, a, there's several aspects right. of it. It's like people are realizing I need to go back to where I came from. Yeah. In a way. Home. Right? Well, and also I think, um, it, and we'll discuss this a little bit later in the episode. Um, I think Margaret starts to create. Or she starts to right. adapt to her quote home that her she's new been home, her new into. home, yeah, right. Um, so there, yeah, it's it plays a lot on a lot of the themes, yeah. in, throughout the episode, and we'll we'll get to a lot of that. So it was uh, written by Tim Van Patten. Now, if you remember, Tim Van Patten had directed the yeah. previous episodes, yeah. so he wrote this episode uh, with Paul Sims. Um, we, as we said, we know who Tim Van Patten is. Right. Paul Sims. Interesting thing. When I saw the name, I immediately recognized it. He's the head writer and the creator of News Radio. Oh, nice. That was the show. I don't even remember uh, other friend Chris. We were obsessed with that show. You got Jimmy James. Jimmy James. Yeah, the yeah. man so nice they named him twice. <laughs> <laughs> so he was the creator of News Radio. You know, Joe Rogan was on yeah, that. Yep. Such a funny show. So I was kind of like, well, that's kind of interesting. Huh. None of that humor goes into this Yeah, episode. I know. <laughs> so, literally none of it ties in, but it's just a little interesting thing. It was uh, directed by Alan Coulter. Um, he did a bunch of Sex in the City, Sopranos. Um, he did a couple episodes of Boardwalk Empire. I, de- I did find out he directed the uh, movie Hollywood Land. I don't know if oh, you nice. saw that with uh, Ben Affleck playing um, uh, Christopher... No, the original Superman, uh, Reeves. Uh, yeah. It wasn't Christopher Reeves. Reeves. No, 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 no. The one before him from the black and white. Oh, yeah, 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 right. And I. It was something I else. Know. Michael yeah, Reeves? I don't remember his name. I cannot think of his name. Anyway, it was uh, the movie about. Um, so his death is. Uh, his death. There's a lot of suspicion about yeah, his it's death. A lot, it's, a, it's a mystery. Kind so. of. Yeah. Movie was directed about it, about a guy who, uh, Adrian Brody, if I remember right, is invest, is hired to investigate his death. And it's a, it's a really good movie. If you ever get a chance to watch oh, it, it's watch a it. very good noir style film. 
It's a very good North South film. It's also a very good period piece. It really shows the 1940s or 50s. I can't remember the exact like time period that it took place in, but it is a it's a it's a really good movie. I would highly suggest it if you can watch it. Um, but yeah, no, uh, George Reeves that was his name. George Reeves. Okay. So it's a good movie if you ever get a chance. Plus, Ben Affleck's really good in it. Actually, I'm also a fan of Superman. I know you're bad. Yeah, I know. But you know. All right. I am, we'll forgive you. I like, right. I like Superman No, it's enough. what keeps this dynamo going. Like, I, I like Superman. Superman enough, but Batman's better. <laughs> okay. Well, we go on to the episode. <laughs> so, episode opens up. We get to see it's a diner, and uh, we get to see the character Liam, who is the... Yeah, guy that uh, carved, that carved after, up. yeah. No, I'm not. I'm gonna say guy. I was saying guy. No, asshole, piece <laughs> of shit that carved up Pearl, um, all for the Irish mob. Yeah, and he's sitting down, and we get to see one of Chicago's finest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight up. Hey, I got a tip. Yeah, some basically. Money. <laughs> yeah, calling up uh, Al Capone to give him, you know, tip him off that hey, this asshole is here in this bar. Right. And um, I guess it's really more of just that, like this guy shows up here at this time at like this daily. day yeah, yeah. Uh, all the time so he's tipping them off and it kind of goes to show that obviously Grant Torino's crew has ends with the uh, PD there in Chicago so well absolutely i did like when capone like tells him you're you're a, uh what is it he says to him like you're a outstanding part of the force or something like that and he goes tanks yeah <laughs> i just love when he said i was just like that's gangster talk and i yeah, love that he tanks. says tanks tanks. <laughs> tanks for telling me the info <laughs> mike there so we go from there to seeing an old man in a house in what was that it was two episodes ago if i remember right we gotta see nucky's dad right right now okay i was when i was watching this i was discussing it with my wife is this the same actor? Yes. Okay. He looks, maybe it's because of the way that they made him look. They made him look a lot more like disgruntled and stuff like that. At the, at, at the very start of the scene, I didn't recognize him. Okay. But... So I'm not the only one. Okay. No, yeah. At the very start. But then like once he started talking and being, you know, the crazy old man that he is, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, that's, that's Nucky's dad. <laughs> so I didn't recognize him at, fir- at first. I was like, who is this guy? I was like, this is some random dude breaking his hip or whatever. Like, I didn't know. And um, I was, like I said, I was talking to Meg about it, and she was like, no, that's the dad. And I was like, oh, yeah, it is. Like I said, I've seen this through before, but it just kind of caught me off guard. Right. So we get to see him. He's in this house. It's a, a disgusting house. He's he's a crazy old cat lady. Yeah, that's, a, that's essentially. But I don't even think... well. I don't even know if I consider him a crazy old cat lady because he doesn't have any relationship with these cats. It's like he doesn't know how to keep them out. They like, yeah, they took over his house and he just can't control them. So he's, (laughs) yeah, you're right. It's not exactly crazy old cat lady. It's more just, he's just so old and yeah, uh, I don't know unable to take care of himself that these cats have taken over his house and well because you get to see like the the house is not clean no yeah. and it's not it's, like it's, it's a, a oh hey you have like the the sink with a couple dishes in it it's like hey this looks bad yeah like i, I can guarantee you, you walk into that house it stinks yeah this is like hoarder shit but, yeah but yeah you know it's <laughs> in the 1920s so well, like 1920s hoarder so they didn't have anything <laughs> yeah so. <laughs> Uh, we go from there to seeing uh, Jimmy at the VA, and we get to see more of his, uh, quote-unquote, his bum leg. Yeah, which is 
It's real. even more damage than we had Yeah, real in, fucked up. Like, we <laughs> saw the little bit of scarring, but now we see, oh, like, he's fucked up. He yeah. got messed up. He's not sure why it's hurting, and the doctor's telling him, basically, well, it could be this, it could be that. Yeah, because so, he's... He's, he says he's been getting more pain here recently, and it's been hurting. So, yeah, the doctor starts asking him questions about what he's doing uh, to, to help with the pain. And honestly, when I first watched this, I thought um, I thought the doctor was kind of leading on that he maybe knew that Jimmy had started getting into opium. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't get that. I, I, I thought that at first, but... Um, once we got farther into the episode, I realized he was just really um, trying to nudge him more towards taking the, the test. this test. Yeah. At this point in the episode, you don't really know too much about if you don't know the history of, yes. uh, of the war or anything like that, which I don't. But um, <laughs> Right. Well, no. Yeah. He's basically, I mean, at this time period, medical is still very... <sighs> It's very primitive, right? right? They don't have antibiotics. They don't have antibiotics, right? Um, the doctor is sitting here smoking in front of him. Smoking in front of him. <laughs> One of the things I didn't realize, and I looked this up when I was doing this. I, I honestly didn't know the history of it. I was like, well, wait, why is he feeling his leg? Like, why? Why aren't they like, hey, let's take an X-ray, right? right? So X-rays were invented in the er- early, or sorry, the late eighteen hundreds. The very first x-ray was on public exhibit, not public use, okay? Public exhibit at the World's Fair in 1904, okay? Now, the World's Fair is right. not a popular thing anymore, okay? Back right. then, it was. That was a big deal. The World's Fair was huge, yeah. right? Doesn't happen anymore like that. Wish it did. That'd yeah, be awesome. it, I know. It'd be really cool. <laughs> like It would be huge, yeah. right? I mean, state fairs alone, like the state fair of Texas, yeah. it's a big deal. Can you imagine? And all you're doing fair? is like showing off new technology. That's all. That's That'd what the awesome. World's Fair was. It was showing <laughs> off new technology. Yeah. My mom went to the World's Fair. I remember she telling her telling me this one time. She went to the World's Fair in like 1960 or something like that for like a very short period of time, like right. literally like a couple hours. And she got to see the very first um, depth. Oh, what's the term? I'm so sorry if I'm getting this term right. Um, sensory deprivation chamber. Oh, no way. Yeah, nice. she got to see the very first version of it and got to sit in it. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's really cool. That is cool. But they didn't, it was like the very beginning of it and stuff like that to like what it is now. Dude, you that's know? awesome. So he's doing this stuff. He doesn't have a lot of technology knowledge, right? He, right. I mean, he does. He's a doctor back then. He's basically like, hey, I jabbed you with my finger. It hurts. You get this sucks. Yeah, that's about it, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And his whole goal is basically, well, I need you to take this test because this is what the guy wants. Right, right. Um, we get to see that he's. No, I don't wouldn't say he's. Jimmy doesn't isn't having a pity. He's not having a pity party because obviously he's got a really bad injury. Right. And then he looks over to a man that's sitting at a bed, and we get to see that this guy is missing what like half his face yeah pretty much yeah his eyes gone most of his left side is gone yes and he's we get a we will come to find out later this is a much bigger character a richard harrow is his name uh we'll go ahead and spoil the alert on that one right. he's a much bigger character later but this is our first introduction but it's a good introduction because you're seeing him and he gets to see like oh this guy is 
um, he's he's gone through a lot. He right. has it way worse than Jimmy right. He's it. in worse shape than yeah than I am with my bum leg. So from there, we get to go back to Nucky. We find out finally that this is Nucky's dad, right? Which I didn't know at first. Yeah, he fell over, broke his hip or his leg or something. He broke his leg, I guess, because he's got a splint. Yeah, (laughs) he's got a splint on his leg. And of course, um, the first one there on the scene related (laughs) to him is Eli. Um, Deputy dumbass. And deputy dumbass. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so they're they're like manhandling this old man that has a splint on his leg uh, like crazy, and he's screaming and hollering because they're obviously not even taking care of him. But no. uh, I, I think the more important part of the scene is that, uh, like I said, Eli was there first, and throughout his house, Nucky is like looking at all these little details around the house and. The fact that his father is like celebrating Eli. Oh, he's, his, no, he's worshiping him. Yeah, he's not got even a, whole a celebration. Going he's on. worshiping him. And uh, all of Eli's accomplishments. And remember, Nucky was a, the sheriff before Eli. Right, right. So for him to just have his brother's sheriff photo, yeah. that's a. You're sticking it. Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. So it, it kind of gives you an idea that Nucky has that, that want to be recognized i think by his father it it kind of puts the seed in your head that there's some kind of weird relationship there his father is obviously favoring eli over nucky which is kind of opposite from the dynamic from the dynamic that we've seen throughout the series where nucky's kind of the head honcho and eli is um you know being pushed down by nucky um and and being treated as though he doesn't know what he's doing or whatever. Right. So it, this uh, is a time where it's like Eli's like, no, I'm right. Yeah, exactly. So you know, Eli's there, and his father is like, oh well, thank God Eli was here, and you you didn't even show up, you big shot or whatever. When he <laughs> says like, he, what even? But did you notice a little line he says? He even says something like, um, thank God Mavis uh, saw me or whatever. And that's. I think he says in it, if I remember right, he's like something about that's his not 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 Nucky's wife, but uh, oh, that comes yeah, up later. That comes right. up later. Or no, no, that comes up in this in yeah. this scene. Sorry, and then he's like, "That's my wife" or whatever. But then he says something about your mother. I haven't seen Nucky's mother, right? So I and I honestly I do not remember. I don't remember if she's dead or not. I'm assuming she is because. Right. We yeah, have not seen really mentioned her. her at all. No, they haven't so mentioned her. They're not showing her. And so th- that's a whole nother thing. Why would he say? Because you right. got to remember, as writers, they put that in intentionally. Right. Right. So I did think that was kind of unusual that he mentions, oh, if it was your mother or something like that. Yeah. Right. And then he mentions like, oh, you're out with your lady friend. He's like, oh, Mavis. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah. that's my that's wife. Like, my wife. I will F you. Yeah. Up. <laughs> and she, you know, damn well that she passed away years ago. Yes. So. <laughs> like. And then we get to see Nucky's looking around and he's like, it's like he's ashamed of the house in a way yeah i think he's just like uh, he's just remembering the memories are coming back to him about what he went through yeah and as a child and we find out a lot more later on in the episode the kind of things that he went through with his father and his childhood um and it was rough it was it was obviously rough it obviously affected him quite a bit and i feel like that just gives you more of an idea of why he acts the way he does towards eli towards his father and in general in his position why he acts like such a hard ass to some of his subordinates and you know that kind of thing 
Well, and one of the things I really and I'm going to like I'm going to give Steve uh, Buscemi credit on this. Um, his acting style is so good. When he is first looking around the house, like you really get a sense of him. He's literally scanning that entire house. Right. He's literally looking at every little thing like this is where I was probably hit. This is where right. this happened. This is where like he's literally looking at this place. And then Eli is looking at it like, well, this is our home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can tell they have two completely and that and I can't think of his name, but the actor that plays Eli is doing equally an awesome performance. Right. The way he's just showing with his face, not his attitude, his words or anything like that, just his facial expression. He's like, no, this is my home. I'm proud yeah. of it. Yeah. And Nucky's like looking at it like I hate this place. Interesting little thing about the house, though. So, friend of ours, uh, Victor has the podcast um, Digging Dexter. Right. Um, he's sent in a couple things. He's a very big uh, Boardwalk Empire fan. The lot that the house is on is currently for sale. Is it? It's a oh, vacant what's lot. Up? Yeah, I know. Nice. It's in a neighborhood, though. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know how they filmed it. Yeah, we'll we'll get really into that later it. about yeah. what, what happens. Yeah, it's like in the middle of a neighborhood. If like what he showed me was correct, and he even said he's like, I'm like 99% positive that this is where this house was located. It's an open lot in the middle of a neighborhood. Huh. Yeah, kind of something interesting. I'll probably uh, take the photo and I'll probably post it on the website, yeah. on the Facebook uh, for bootlegging just so people can see it. We go from there to seeing Chalky and <laughs> the worst counterfeit um, like labels ever. Like you yeah, just rub it and the ink smears. Yeah, they're trying to <laughs> trying to figure out uh, where they're going to get their counterfeit labels for all of their cut. <laughs> alcohol for he'll take off yeah, $50 dollars. yeah <laughs> yeah that's just horrible um and of course they get interrupted by this uh... now but hold on hold on before you say anything this guy's name is michael lewis mm-hmm. okay michael lewis is a big deal okay huh michael lewis, this is a real this is a very real person okay michael lewis is a very this is 100% this guy... Now, obviously, this is an actor. But the character he's playing, 100% real. Michael Lewis was 100% a real guy. He's actually been um, portrayed in the... Uh, uh, it No. He's been portrayed in like four or five different films. He is like a legitimately a well-known huh. member of the uh, the Jewish mafia. Okay. The way he talks in this, that's how he really spoke. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he really honestly spoke that way. I was listening to some recordings of him. He talks, he has a very weird way of talking. Um, he was known as the um, accountant. That was like his thing. Never charged with a crime. He was charged with a crime, never convicted of anything. At one point, it was estimated he was at some point worth like like $60 million. Was he in the Untouchables at all? That's yes. Only, okay. Now, oh. he wasn't uh, Capone's accountant in The Untouchables, not the one that ratted everybody out. He wasn't that guy. But he was in The Untouchables. Okay. He's, like I said, he's been in several, he's been featured in several films. Very big player in the game. He was very good at uh, negotiating deals. Which is funny, considering the way he talks in this in this show, anyway. Because, like... <laughs> he becomes, uh, I won't spoil anything, he becomes a bigger character later. Uh, he does become a little bit, a little, 
not bigger necessarily, more prominent. He becomes a yeah. more prominent character later, which is uh, it's it's good. I really like it. The guy that's playing him, I really like this. I, it, it's kind. Of, I, maybe it's my fascination with Mickey Doyle and the way Mickey Doyle talks. <laughs> I kind of like the way he talks. It's, he's very, yeah, he's very old-timey, like, very precise. Yeah, because he's like, you go buy a suit on the corner of Staten and 375. <laughs> I like it. I don't I don't know. Same it's suit just at his, McGinty's. Yeah, when he first showed up, his stature, his way of talking, I, uh, I kind of thought he was just some punk coming off the no. street and you know i i feel like chalky thought the same thing which is why at first he's like get the fuck out no dude. he's a kid in this he's a kid in this he's a kid and in this he would it would be real life mind you that michael lewis died like 96 yeah wow no yeah or something like that he died or maybe late 80s no 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 he's a kid in this he is not huh. an old he's not an adult he's literally like he's like 20 something right here so no, that is one hundred percent. He's a little punk kid right now. Yeah, and yeah, like I said, I feel like Chalky is treating him as such. Um, uh, un- that is until, and the reason he comes in to begin with is because he wants to buy directly from Chalky. Yes, he says he wants. What if I told you I wanted to buy like a thousand cases or something like that, like something ridiculous. And obviously, Chalky's like, you're talking to the wrong person. Yes. You you need to go see Nucky Thompson. And again, Chalky's not taking him seriously at all. No. Until he produces like this billfold of, what does he say, $10,000? $10,000. And it's not a billfold. It's just a wad. Yeah, it's a huge (laughs) wad of cash. I've got $10,000 right here to buy from you right now. And you can kind of tell in Chalky's face that he's like, well, he's considering a bit, but yes. Chalky's assuming that this kid was sent by Nucky to test him. And so he, he looks at the water cash and he's thinking about it, but he's like, nah, nah, get out of here. Interesting little history, too, on this. You know what he offers in $10,000 and what? Um, $500 notes. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did. I I knew that there was money out there that isn't common anymore. And see, I, I was thinking about that when they said that. Like, I mean, we don't even use that kind of high, no, high amount now. And I mean, it's not around anymore. It's not around anymore. It was. Um, but what, what was kind of confusing me is that, like, uh, like I said, we don't use that that high of a mark now. Back then. Money was not worth as much as it is now. Yes. So, like, why the why the hell? Yeah, they had notes up to like ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Why the hell do those even exist right now? What can you possibly spend that on right now in in the twenties? I don't know. <laughs> but they had them, and I was like looking them you up. You can't break that now. <laughs> no. And it was weird back then, even because it was different notes from different printers had different faces. So oh, really? the $500 note, Lincoln. Lincoln was on it. But and see, I, I started yeah, researching that's... myself also. And okay. yeah, I had seen different um different there was bills. Cleveland at one point that had a face and on it. Who else? Like not Hamilton. I, I don't remember who it was, but there was multiple different people. There that were, were a couple it. and it was like within within like 10 years yes. there were like 
three or four different people on that note. So, I mean, they were changing the faces on those notes like crazy compared to what we, I mean, shit, Benjamin Franklin's been on the $100 bill for a hundred years now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But you gotta remember, this was a hundred years ago. Yeah, right. (laughs) So, it it was weird. I was just like, well, that's kind of interesting. My parents are in, I don't know a lot about money. I, I really don't like the actual currency and things like that. My parents actually know a very, a fairly good amount. They have like collections with like silver dollars and things like that. They're, they're into uh, currency right. collection and stuff like that. They know about this stuff. I know nothing about yeah, it. Yeah, All I know is I looked it up and you can buy a $500 bill for like $800 now. So, I mean, inflation's good on them. I guess. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, we go from there to. Nucky is talking with this guy, and I, I put all I really have on this whole scene is this is the most stereotypical 1920s. So Mickey Doyle is a stereotypical 1920s gangster. Right. This guy is a stereotypical 1920s family man. Because yeah. he's like, oh, golly gee, they're growing so yeah. big. Oh, it's the books I give you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> talking about this guy's family. And um, in, in fact, in the... Uh, in the scene where Nucky and Eli are at the house earlier, they kind of discuss this guy and saying that this house needs to go away now. We have to give it away to, or we need to sell it or something and put our dad in a nursing home is what they're discussing. Right. And Nucky decides, well, we need to give it to this guy because he's raising a family now. He's, he's, you know, his wife's pregnant. He's trying to start his life. Um, and you're right. He's just so. <sighs> wholesome <laughs> i just like he's like golly swell compared to like every character we've met so far throughout yeah, every the character's series, been murdering like, fucking yeah drinking like doing everything that we do now yeah and yeah this <laughs> and you think of the 1920s no that was a wholesome period everything was great right. and danny Nah. yeah no not at all except for this one guy this one lonely dude <laughs> And so, yeah, Nucky tells him that, you know, he's going to give him his father's house. And as long as you fix it up and make it your own, the house is yours. And, of course, in in typical wholesome 1920s guy style, he's like, oh, golly, thanks. Golly. <laughs> thanks, Nuck. Um, of course, and, you're in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and while they're having this super wholesome conversation, here comes the just ultra hooker. <laughs> Lucy <laughs> barges right in and just foul ass language, especially, I mean, even now, like, yes. she's talking about, <laughs> she's talking about, like, I miss you inside me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what? Like, I need you. I miss you. I feel empty without you inside me. Like, wow. Okay. Like, con- contrasted with Mr. Wholesome Family Man over here. Right. Like, and he's just, like, insane. with his tea, his cup of tea, like, uh, yeah, and obviously <laughs> Nucky is like having to try to play this off in front of him somehow <laughs> and just tells her like, we need to discuss this later. You need to get out right, now. That's it. I am in a meeting <laughs> with the most wholesome man in the planet <laughs> and you come in here with this mess. With this horribleness. So <laughs> I need you to know. And so you like he's offering, I'll take you to the movies essentially. Right. But, and, you know, that obviously gives you an idea that Nucky has been avoiding her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, which we, I guess, before this episode, I didn't really realize that was happening. I know he's been, you know, uh, 
focusing more on Margaret. Yes. Uh, but he's obviously now avoiding Lucy. 100%. He's like, I don't want anything to do with her. Right. So from there, we get to see that. Uh, well, and he offered. So we finally find out that he's offering him um, the house. Right, right. Right. Like, hey, he's giving him the house. Yeah, he's what he's wanting. No. And I believe Nucky 100 percent. He's like, I don't want any favors. I don't want this. Right. This is your Nucky's being. He's legitimately like it's he's yours. showing he's showing his under character, which is, you know, he is a legitimately uh, he wants to do good. Yes. But he's caught up in his the world that he's caught up right. in. Right. So, you know. But he's trying to do good where he can, and he's telling the guy, look, hey, you promise me you'll fix it up and make it a great home? It's yours. Right. So from there, we get to see uh, Margaret and the lady with the worst wig ever. Yeah, like throughout. She's just wearing these weird wigs. No, and, like, and, and you just, know and it, you she... know that it's it, it's in the show, like... That's a bad wig because yeah. the the show has been very good at like props at costumes. Right, right. she looks fake. Yeah, they, like, they purposely are showing that she's like wearing these terrible wigs, and I'm not sure why yet. Um, in fact, when we were watching the show, my wife mentioned it, and she was like, "Are they are they doing that on purpose? Like, does she?" have cancer or something what happened there like why is she wearing these terrible wigs like i think it's they're trying to make her as fake as possible oh yeah and they're basically like she's like everything about her is fake like her personality's fake which is yeah that's what i'm getting which is true and we we see more of that a little bit later in this episode But it's just like over the top. It like it was almost distracting. Like like oh my god, your right. hair. It is. It is distracting. Um, but of course, here in the scene, they're talking back and forth about um, their partners, their 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 male counterparts, and how um, it's best not to get too emotionally involved with them. Yes. Um, Especially, you know, she she's telling Margaret. Uh, what and what is this character's name? I cannot I cannot remember. I honestly I don't remember it. Um, but she's basically giving Margaret the super best advice in saying that, um, you know, don't dig too too deeply into your man's life or his feelings or anything like that. Just uh, because if you do that, um, he's going to tell you too much. Yes. And something's going to happen there. Like you're going to hear something you don't want to hear or um, be ignorant. That's it. Just right. be, ignorant, just, just to be ignorant to all of his feelings and just keep riding this train and, um, you know, take for yourself where you can during this period because your ride isn't going to last long. So plan for the future. And she kind of tells Margaret that she's been like, like the stashing yeah. away money the uh, here and there i I sport a tin from his wallet yeah exactly so she's been finding and stealing money from her man for a while to uh save up a nest egg for whenever four thousand dollars yeah (laughs) for whenever uh the relationship falls out now yeah yeah right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah she's uh she's getting horrible advice from this lady and um unfortunately margaret is is kind of taking it and uh taking it into consideration so yeah so from there we go to see uh my favorite character mickey doyle, mickey doyle. and the uh, uh 
Delacino. I'm trying to pronounce it right. The Delacino brothers, one of which is playing the Jewish heart. It's not that. <laughs> I thought Delacino, Delacino. No, I don't, I don't know. Don't I listen don't to me. <laughs> They're Italian. Th- let's let's say that. I did think it was kind of funny. One of them's playing the Jewish harp, and then we, this is where we get introduced to a Jewish character. Yeah, and they make really derogatory Jewish remarks. Yeah, yeah. It was you can't like you knew the writers intentionally. Hey, play this harp. Like yeah, it had I, to have been obvious. <laughs> So we get to see uh, that they're meeting with Lucky, and Lucky figures out really, really fast that, oh, y'all have been knocking over Nucky, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and honestly, like the way the scene plays out, while we were watching the episode, all everything that happens in the scene, we were like, that was really fast that all yeah. of this happened. And I don't know if that was intentional you know because of the characters or if it was just a that they brushed the scene off so quickly but basically like i said every their interaction everything just seemed to go was so fast-paced there was no detail shared it was just like hey we're italian mickey doyle's a piece of shit so let's talk in italian about him (laughs) Um, <laughs> his throat. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like whatever. Fuck this guy. And let me tell you about what's really happening. You guys have been knocking over these carriers, which is cool. Great for you to steal Nucky's money. But let me tell you where the real money is. <laughs> and they start talking about the casino. And I think it's I. I think it's serious. Like I think they like I think that they the way they did the writing was intentional because they're basically showing this is honestly how fast. These harebrained schemes go. It's not a long thought out so. process. Yeah. It's a they're just trying to make shit. Hey, happen. did you know? Yeah, you can do this. You can take cocaine, mix some baking powder, <laughs> and you get crack. And they're like, cool. Like, like they're, they're not the questioning egg and cinnamon. Yeah, <laughs> they're not questioning because they're they don't not care. at all. They're just like, hey, this guy says money. I mean, it's hey, it's it's in all honesty though, this is the exact same thing. We've all had that friend. Every single person listening to this podcast right now has had that friend. I am literally doing this podcast because my friend told me that we should do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We uh, <laughs> we've all had Without that friend that will send you randomly a <laughs> Facebook message. I can sell you protein shakes. <laughs> Hey, you will sell those protein shakes for $2. I will sell you them for $1.50. You will make a bunch of money. That's what they're doing. I, I was promised I was going to get rich off this podcast, and it hasn't happened yet. Well, so. suck it up. We're not making any money. <laughs> but that's really what it is. It's no more than a pyramid scheme. I mean, that's yeah, what it is. It's a pyramid scheme, and they're like, oh, well, this guy says we're going to make this kind of money. Yeah. All right, cool. And I mean, the, the whole reason they're even talking about it is because they want to start their own operation. You know, they're, uh, Mickey Doyle is supposed to be the kind of the uh, right. the chalky um, character in their <laughs> little organization here. Ever. Yeah, worst chalky ever. <laughs> um, but, you know, Mickey Doyle's the one that wants to start cutting and, you know, selling, distributing this, yes. all of this liquor. And the Italian, uh, are they Italian Jews? I thought they were Catholic because. No, 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 no. I was saying he was playing the Jewish heart because we have um, uh, Michael Lewis is Jewish. Oh, he's okay. part of the Jewish okay. mafia. 
No, they're they're one hundred percent Italian. They're not Italian Jewish. They're one hundred percent Italian. Generally, if you're Italian, you're Catholic. <laughs> yes. No, I can almost guarantee you they have. Uh, they well, do their hell Marys. Yes. No, so, they're like, Catholic. <laughs> Um. No. 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 Michael Lewis is okay. Jewish, he's, he's the and Jewish he mob, comes yeah. in playing a Jewish harp. A Jewish person's here to rescue. Right. Him. That's which, why you I was, know. Yeah. yeah. And he walks in with with um Lucky. with Lucky, which also L- kind of tips uh, you off that obviously Chalky was wrong, and then he was getting tested. Yes. Lucky is just trying to buy into his business, and that's why he comes to the Italians to try to convince them that instead of trying to just undercut Nucky. They just need to start their own business. Yes. And that's why Doyle's there. He's going to be the, uh, the quote, chalky character. And the Italians obviously want to get in on this action. So when Lucky suggests that, hey, you can just knock over Nucky's casino and make just all the money you need to start your own operation, right. these guys are just like automatically on board. And that's what yeah. it kind of threw me off at first. But now that you said that, now that I'm talking about it, yeah okay that's all it is it. you're promising what grander pastures yeah exactly that's all like, it is that's, that that sounds pretty good to me too so <laughs> so we go from seeing them and it's like i said it does happen fast but we know exactly what's going to happen out of this uh from there we get to see oh, our crush the man oh himself God. agent michael shannon agent michael <laughs> shannon <laughs> And he's making a big break in the case. So we get in. We basically we're getting informed that, oh, hey, this guy, the local law enforcement has arrested somebody and he wants to turn state or whatever you want to call it on um, state's witness state's witness. We find out um, it's a guy. He knows something about the murders. That's all we know. Uh, but like it, it showed his face, and right when it showed his face, I knew who the hell it was. Like I was like, "Oh shit, that's that guy." Yeah, it's that kid that was driving the car. Uh-huh. I, uh, I know who that is. <laughs> I was question at first when I very first well, I remember this when I very first watched this movie. I was like, "Oh, it's like he kind of looks like Jimmy." I was like, "Oh, okay." And then when I rewatched it from the first episode, I was like, "Oh, the guy in the road." Never yeah, mind. That, that was, was never Jimmy. I always thought the guy in the middle of the road was Jimmy. It's not Jimmy, right? It's this right. dude. So, yeah, they because he kind of looks kid. like him, right? I, I'm not. The yeah, only no, one. he did. And and when I first watched the episode one, I thought that as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's obviously now you know that it's this kid that was just a just a prop. During yeah. the uh, the hold up in episode one, but now um, he's like messed up further. Yeah, yeah, and um, so of course, while Agent Michael Shannon is just giving him the eye size, he uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the kid's like, "Well, the, what kind of protections are you gonna give me if I if I give him up?" And Michael Shannon's like, "Yeah, you're wanted on felony charges, so you have nothing." You're looking to at ten with. years. I can't remember the prison. He says you're looking at ten years, and so and so. He was like. You're Just not exactly in the position to be bargaining. So we'll give you what we feel like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So obviously this kid wants to, you know, get out of it as much as he can. So he gives up the name, uh, Jimmy Doherty. The straight up name. Straight not a up. not a James, not a yeah, nothing. No. He says Jimmy Doherty. And Michael Shannon is just just tickled pink. He you look it. at him. Look he at does him. a little grin, like <laughs> one of his only smiles. <laughs> so like, it's straight up just to look like he is so happy. <laughs> I won. <laughs> and, then, 
Uh, and then so if, from yeah, then of course we switch right to Jimmy. Where Jimmy's here to take a test, and we're going to learn about that test. Um, the name of it was the Robert Woodward inventory test. Yeah, we're going to learn a little bit VA of, to to take that. And so we're going to learn a little bit of history about that. And when we come back, we'll do a little more chin wagging and have a couple of libations here on Woodworth Psychoneurotic Inventory Test was developed by Robert Woodworth for the U.S. Army to test for shell shock during World War I. It was not completed in time and instead taken by researchers and examined and used in a wide array of other tests. To this day, many personality tests still have lineage back to the original 116-question test developed by Robert Woodworth. I hope you learned a little something about the inventory test, have a couple of libations, and let's get back to chin-wagging. Country roads, take me home. And we are back from the break. Uh, hopefully we, we learned a little bit about Robert Woodward, uh, the Robert, Robert Woodward inventory test. Make us pronounce Robert Woodward. Woodward. So that's what... That test is what uh, Jimmy was basically being asked, forced. I don't know how to put this. He wasn't yeah, forced. Yeah, he wasn't he was like, forced, but, but. Are you a real soldier? You'll do this. Yeah, right. Like, that's kind of what it was. So, uh, but that's what he was going to do to get the test. And we finally get introduced to a, a new a new character. Um, I'm not a spoiler warning, but or anything like that. He, this is a character. He becomes a very big part of the show. Right. Uh, Richard Haro is his name, and, and he's he's the one that uh, was missing half of his face that Jimmy, you know, saw at the VA when he yes. was getting diagnosed and you know looked at for his bum leg pain. Um, and here we see him wearing his prosthetic half of a face, ten the tin face, yeah, tin face. Um, he's the tin soldier. Remember yeah. what? Jimmy's reading it because yeah, he says, like, what are you reading? He's like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Richard asked him, like, what what book are you reading? The Tin Soldier. <laughs> like, well, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, they start talking about the war and how he's not really totally interested in the Tin Soldier. And so Richard suggests a different book for him to read, which I, I didn't look into this at all. Um, I honestly didn't. All I know about the tin, honestly, all I looked up was a tin soldier, and mm-hmm. the tin soldier. You know, it's a, a Hans Christian Andersen, if I remember right. It's a book. Um, it's basically about a like a tin soldier that comes to life. It's it's a, almost a musical. Okay. It's a tin soldier. It comes to life that is like fighting for like some princess against like the Rat Kings or kind of like the Nutcracker. I was gonna say that sounds like the Nutcracker. <laughs> yeah, it's from what I understand. It's I I've never read it. If I'm wrong, please write in. Let me know that I'm wrong. But it's along the same lines as that type of a story. It's a it's a fantasy huh. kind of a kids story. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, uh, Richard suggests this other book to him, which. Uh, what book did he suggest? Uh, Tom Swift. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't know Tom Swift at all either. Um, I'm I'm very learned and well read, obviously. <laughs> but um, 
he suggests this other book and um i don't know they, they find they both find out that they're there to take this test both of them are there to take the test yes uh to find out whether or not they're crazy basically <laughs> which they both are like we are yeah like, they like, both really, understand both are like, we are like, yeah they both understand that they're a little off um and i think that's where they really connect is that they they both understand that um but richard mentions to jimmy that was like I, well jimmy tells him just lie on the test and you'll be fine and richard says like i've i've never been a very good liar yeah um their experience in the war i mean they just they just start hitting it off yeah and talking a lot and uh, we find out that richard was a sharpshooter uh during the war uh like an excellent marksman he starts he talking about slaughtered a bunch I yeah <laughs> um he starts talking about one in particular and i i am assuming this is right before he got injured um that he was stalking this one german guy this german sharpshooter for like a month before he finally got a clear uh, three, shot what is it he sat in one position for three days oh was it three days oh whatever it's, still, it's basically a month still you <laughs> sat in one position yeah okay we're recording this podcast you and me can't sit in these chairs for the entire that's why we i'm have already break. tired of being that's here. what i'm saying that's why we have breaks <laughs> Three days he sat there and watched this guy in a literally still shitting mask. on himself. <laughs> yes, no, literally, that's what they're doing. You're, yeah. you're you're pissing yourself. You're shitting yourself. You're not eating. Yeah. So you're literally breathing and watching. And what got the guy killed? Even said he scratched his nose. Yeah. It's just a it's a mental weight. Yeah. Like I can't I can't even imagine I can't even imagine. So he he finally waits and takes his shot and gets his uh his mask memento his uh protective mask yes. from the German as a as a memento of his uh period and like I said I, I I'm assuming this is like the last kill he had before he got injured because it's stuck in his head so much and he kept the mask yeah for so long so or maybe and it could have been like maybe it was a double shot I don't think it was a double shot I I because I honestly in all honesty I don't remember how he gets his injury. We just know it's bad enough. He he can't smoke a cigarette. It's impossible. Right. And um, he has obviously some speaking and breathing problems. Right. I mean, we saw it enough. His his uh, what is it? His right eye. No, sorry. His left, left eye is gone. A lot of his part left. of his jaw and yeah. his mouth are gone. And he wears a tin makeup mask i don't know what to describe it a a, a mock facial represent mirrored facial I'm, it's mirrored. weird <laughs> yeah it's a mirrored facial uh representation of what his face would have looked like right and which just adds even more of a creepy fact yeah it. yeah it does it does it really makes us and uh i mentioned to you we you know you kind of asked me about it in in a couple of messages you sent me like what did you think of richard harrow and i i said it He's basically like a Dick Tracy character. He's yeah. like he is the absolute like you know he's like this evil person, Which and you, he even you, has the look of it with this like weird mask, and he's he's just like he's such a perfect like villain, right? And you were saying like. that I was like I never pinpointed that, but that's a perfect explanation for it. Like oh, he is a Dick Tracy. This villain. dude is seriously like the the villain in every like Bond yeah. film and every spy. Like he, this is typical. Like <laughs> this guy is evil, yeah, and you know it because his face shows it. <laughs> 
we get to find out that they both are like they both lie essentially well, yeah, like, so like, they, like, they finally oh, call they him in to to go take the test and jimmy's like no 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 just just stay here he he left yeah <laughs> richard left and he's he tells richard like why don't you try it out he's like yeah yeah he left so <laughs> he's like, yes he left <laughs> yeah yes he left so um yeah i mean they're they're both just like we're done with this test we're not going to do it and instead we're just going to both go you know we're going to go off and and be our new uh little click together <laughs> yes so from there we go from jimmy to jimmy's wife right and she's entertaining somebody we find out yeah, and now, of course, at the start of the scene, I'm like, ah, oh, you this fucking whore. <laughs> okay, hold with, on. With with Junior, uh, what what the hell is his name? We we even had a hard time. Vincent Price. Yeah, with Vincent Price Junior. And it turns out it's Vincent Price Junior's wife that she's having an affair with, which, you know, up until this point. I guess it makes sense now because she always said like my friend, my friend, my friend, this my my right woman woman friend that I've been spending all this time with, and it turns out that they're they're lovers. And now is your hate for Jimmy's wife any more than when you were suspecting it was Vincent Price? <sighs> She's still cheating on him. Yeah, and now Vincent Price's wife is cheating on that scumbag. But see, oh yeah. <laughs> But even um, even then, when I was saying like, oh, she's you know cheating on Jimmy, like I understood the situation, which you know I know that uh, Jimmy ran it's off to war, issue. yeah, uh, ran off to war and left her there, pregnant. I'm assuming uh, before yes. you know when they when he first left, and then she had the kid and everything, and I'm sure she was very lonely during that time. It, it's hard to it's hard to judge that kind of situation personally i'm like ah, fuck you for doing that to- oh, sorry no my view on it it's, it doesn't matter right it's it's you're cheating on him whether you're cheating on him with the wife husband whoever right you're still cheating on him right because here's the thing odds are she was going to see this lady when he was off to war Right. Right? Because she was getting the photos and everything like that. I don't think that this is the first sexual encounter they've had. No. So you're still cheating. Now, I I do understand the time period. You can't be who you want to be. I, I fully right. get that. And that's the thing is that like, yeah, the situation and the time period, It was it's a crazy situation. Right. Oh, so different. Right. Okay. Homosexuality at this time, it is not, non-existent. Let's just go ahead and say it's non-existent. Okay. Right. So... I'm not going to like knock on anything like that. You're I don't know how to describe it. You're still cheating on him, right? right? You're still you still you still could have been like, "Hey, look, we're done." Right. I don't love you anymore. I found somebody else. You don't have to explain why and then go off to whatever you say you find out Greenwich Village or whatever it is. <laughs> right, like, yeah. Right. So it is still to me it's like you're still cheating on him. Yeah. And and while all that's true, honestly, this scene in particular, for whatever reason, well, considering the entire series up to this point, this was honestly, it felt very out of place to me. This scene, I think it's because 
it, it seemed hypersexualized compared to everything that's happened yes. previously. No, it was. It I don't absolutely know why was. they decided to do it that way. I don't know what the what the meaning was there. I when I first watched it, I felt it was just a throwing throwing some sex into the into the show just for the so, sake of doing it. I don't know. It just it seemed very out of place to me. What I think it is and this is just really this is honest like I said, I don't remember much what happens after this. I really don't. What I think honestly this is cuz it and, uh, and I agree with you. It's very hypersexualized. Yeah. Right? It's you've got Jimmy's wife um um Angela. You have her coming in. I don't I do not remember the other lady's name. And she's like got her little glass of wine and she's like, Oh, would you like some wine? And she's like, Oh, it's as sweet as you, blah blah blah, right? <laughs> like, okay, this is like this is really like mundane, like it's a very simplistic writing, right? I also think part of it is they're living in the idea of this being exotic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's I is it hypersexualized? Yes, a hundred percent, yes it is. But I also think that their relationship, there is no emotional connection in this relationship right now. This is purely, they think it's emotional, but I also think that it is also a physical relationship. That could be. And it's like, hey, look how compatible we are. I have a guy, he lives in Greenwich Village, he's going to help you out. Like, everything's perfect, right? Everything is perfect. Right. You can't tell me that that's real, right? You can't. Like this is your oh you have this art dealer oh that's cool oh my god he wants to buy my art and then we're also in love and we can live in Greenwich Village where everything will be perfect yeah, and right. happily ever after right it's like a Disney movie <laughs> it's not gonna happen so I don't I think that the reason that they're putting that in there is they're showing they're trying the to build girl, up. Uh, yes they're trying to show that um um uh, I cannot Angela <laughs> is being. Essentially, Angela is being like, oh, well, I'm being sucked in by this emotion of love, quote unquote, this physical love and this idea of grandeur. Yeah, that's how I took it. I mean, me personally. No, I because like I said, I saw what you were saying, but that's how I took it. Yeah, it's a, a form of grandeur. I don't know. But we'll find out more. I mean. Right. <laughs> we don't know exactly what's going to happen, so it's just it's just to me it's just everything is so absolutely perfect. I guess and it's so. just boardwalk empire. Nothing goes perfect. <laughs> I feel like it was just thrown in, honestly. And it could have been it could have been like, hey, let's that. let's throw in some lesbian yeah, stuff exactly. for ratings. <laughs> I mean, that's trust me, that's a it's HBO. That's Yeah, exactly. Possible. Exactly. <laughs> big floppy wieners everywhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> big big flopping vaginas with this. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so from there we get to see Nucky's going to the house and this okay so this was weird to me. Nucky's going out to the house, he's bringing Margaret with him. Right. Brought the family. Brought the family and is just like, "Oh, okay, cool. Like we get to see what's going on and stuff like that." Um the Mr. 1920s perfect man right is there. Call me if I'm wrong. Go and correct me if I'm wrong. 1920s man's an asshole. I lost all respect for him. That board says Enoch Thompson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you burned it. You know who Nucky is. Yeah. 
And he's like, this is all the shit your dad didn't even want to oh, keep. Oh, that's just some garbage your dad didn't so want. So we're burning it not. right now. Okay, yeah. I'm an Eagle Scout. I will throw yeah, this out exactly. there right now. I am yeah. an Eagle Scout. I am Eagle Scout. That took a lot of work. It that took, took a lot of... Yeah. I will do a square knot like nobody's business, yeah. okay? You sat there. The, those knots that he did and all that stuff that he did, that's a lot of work. Right. Oh, that's some stuff that your dad didn't want. Yeah. You're a dick. Yeah. Okay, I have to get that out there. That's a personal beef on me. And obviously, Nucky is like pretty. Oh, Nucky's pissed. Yeah, he he is not happy that you know they're burning all of his old shit. <laughs> yeah, because he's looking at like, okay, my dad didn't think this is important, right? My, a piece of my childhood's not right. important. And then he's also, and then this asshole burned it. Yeah, <laughs> I could have kept this. I would have framed it, <laughs> put it in my office where I yeah get exactly drunk illegally like. <laughs> So he I, takes Margaret in there, and he's showing them around and uh, showing her around. They're kind of talking about, oh, it, you know, I used to be bigger when he was a child. You, you know yeah, how it is. Like yeah, you see your parents' household when you were a kid, and you're like, I remember it being bigger. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and you know, he starts reminiscing about his childhood, and um, he starts kind of opening up to Margaret about the things that happened to him in his childhood. It's really the first uh, hint you get of Nucky really connecting with Margaret. And yes. unfortunately, <laughs> Margaret takes the horrible advice from her other friend that yeah. yeah, I don't remember her name. The the wig wig lady. Wig, yeah. I, I honestly I don't I, I don't have it anywhere in my notes what her name is. We'll just call her wig lady. Yeah. Uh, so she takes wig lady's horrible advice until, you know, decides to keep Nucky at a distance and tells him like, look, I understand what it's like to have lived under, you know, a horrible person, you know, Margaret having lived with her husband who uh, was quite abusive. And, um, so uh, Nucky starts opening up about his abusive father. She tells, uh, Margaret tells Nucky that, you know, sometimes it's best if you just bottle it up. And that, totally shuts nucky yes. completely down like this dude shuts down completely and it's unfortunate like especially at this point um because you know they have kind of a good thing going you're kind of rooting for this relationship but then this happens and yeah it's just it, it's such a roadblock between them yeah like and it's immediately apparent from this point on that this is like you just completely crushed him yes. emotionally. No, I agree a hundred percent. That's exactly what happens. Like, like I said, I mean, you get a big backstory into Nucky, right? And his abusive, like I said, his abusive father. Like he he finds this fire poker sitting there by the chimney, and he shows the, the his scar that he has on his hand. that Which she's noticed, and she right. even says, oh, I've wondered, and stuff like that. Right. It's some of it... Okay, to ask this question. Mm -hmm. Did you feel some of it was made up? What, Nucky's story? Yeah. Um, No, I didn't really okay. get that sense at first. I mean... I no, I ask, I ask. I ask it for a reason. I'm asking uh -huh. it for a reason because it'll be later on this episode. I'm going to ask kind of the same question. That's why I was kind of curious if you felt any of it was made up, or if you all felt if you felt 
it was he was I, being genuine. I honestly felt like he was trying to connect. Okay. With uh, with Margaret. I mean, me too. No, me me too. That's yeah. why I'm asking that. So from there, we go to uh, uh, Jimmy and uh, Richard and their. Their Gran Torino's place. I like how he says, "You live in a whorehouse," (laughs) and he's just like, and Jimmy's like, "Yeah, what of it?" Yeah, right. (laughs) So he gets him a drink, and this is a big deal. So this is actually a really big deal in this scene. Uh, One of the things that uh, is known in this show is uh, Jimmy Mm -hmm. when he does the shot, his toast that he does. And yeah, what does he say? Like to the lost. To the lost. Yeah, it's basically to all the people that never made it back. Right, right. And that's and always I mean, a very... Richard is kind of like half. No, he is <laughs> in a way. It's true in a way. Richard's part of the lost. Right. So, and that's it's just something he does. It's a it's a big deal with him. It's a part of the show. Right. So that this is when we first get to see that. Toast. And so yeah, they get a they get a shot of whiskey, and and he has to get a straw for Richard because yeah. fucking half of his face is missing. You can't drink a shot. Import. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, Jimmy's trying his best to uh, to reintegrate to I guess be a friend. To Richard, because yeah. you know, like I said, they they connected before. Well, and he they, knows they're, they're he knows. That, like, hey, this guy's a brother to him, right? Exactly. Right. They're they're they they have a connection that you and me will never know. Right. Okay. They're they're blood brothers in a way that we'll never know. They're, right. They're battle whatever you want to call it, battle buddies. Uh, I, as many military veteran friends as I have, I've heard so many different terms. For right. Me. That's what they are. It's a connection. I will never know. You will never know. Right. It's something we'll never know. Okay. And Richard sees him and Richard's like, I'm sorry, Jimmy. Jimmy sees Richard, Richard and he's like, you've been through a lot, but I also know that you are there for me no matter what. At this point, like you're there right. for another soldier, right? Right. And then they start talking about guns and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. That. Richard notices that Jimmy's carrying. Because, of course, he does. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, me being me, like, as much firearm training as I have, it's the first thing I look at. When, right. I, when, I, when I go into places and stuff like oh, that. Oh, you have a gun. <laughs> I look at you, and I and you'd be amazed. When you look around in certain ways, I see people all the time. I'm like, okay, this guy's carrying, and it's right. not good. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll see, like, dude, you are so obvious. I'm probably the only person that notices. <laughs> you know, like... I'll sit there and I'll see that. And then in all honesty, and this makes me sound creepy, I'll be like him and I'll be like, I wonder what he has. <laughs> and I'll start looking at the angles on it and I'll be like, well, that pattern looks like a Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'm a lot like him. It's just creepy. <laughs> I know. I honestly loved this part because he's like, he notices and he's like, yeah, that's, uh, what is that, a 1911? And he like, he goes into detail about like what. Oh, 1903. Well, whatever. <laughs> fucking, of course, Sorry. you fucking creepy bastard. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts describing the gun, and Jimmy asks him, like, "Oh, yeah, do I, I carry. Do you, you know? Do you have any guns?" And he just starts listing off his fucking arsenal that he, <laughs> like. And the thing is, is every single gun he lists is a real gun. I actually oh, yeah. I, I yeah, actually yeah. really appreciate what they and that was guns that, that he would have been able to that buy he would have at had that time at the, in in the time period. And then what gets me is the very end of it whenever he even says he's like 
1903, he's like, I like the way it feels in the hand. Yeah. And he's like, what, do you, what is it used for? And he was like, what do you think? Yeah. And, and his immediate response is just killing. Yeah. Because he knows what's going on. Right. And he doesn't, he's not looking down on James for it. Right, exactly. He's yep. not judging him. He's just like, oh, okay. So, and again, it's kind of, you, you get the sense of, of Jimmy and the fact that Pearl's, you know, death and, 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 and fucking up by that douchebag really, yes. really switched on his, uh, his Wolverine mode. And he just, <laughs> he's a, he's a different person. Yeah. And he met somebody that, uh, kind of shares that, shares that kind of mindset. And so we get to see that, um, Richard's taken off by one of the ladies of the entertainment and right. it's his first time with a woman. Yeah. There we go to a, I would I call it like a, a black bar. It's a jazz I, club. A jazz club. It's a, it's a bar that's um, predominantly for uh, African-Americans. Right. Because at that time period, there was still segregation, obviously, yeah. right? Now, I don't know. I don't think this is a segregated bar or anything like that, but it was definitely a bar that was predominantly like, hey, this is for people that are black. Right. 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 Nucky's meeting with the most disgusting man. He's I'm sorry. Greasy. He's greasy. greasy. And and uh, he's covered in peanut. Look, he- that's the thing that got me the most. Is like your table is covered in peanut shells. You are covered in peanut shells. You Nucky look- has none. Yeah, yeah. And you just you just look like a fucking slob, dude. What is what is this? <laughs> you're like a piece of shit. You're grabbing the cup. Your fat, stupid hand takes up the whole cup. Yeah. You're, you're staring at the you're women. Checking dance. out. Yeah, you're checking out women in the club. Pretty, pretty obviously. But what does he even said? And then Chalky comes in and he's like, "You people are so yeah. like." And yeah. Chalky, I love how Chalky looks at Chalky. He's like, "I could fuck you." up right now <laughs> what do you mean you people no no chalky i don't even see chalky like that chalky looks at it more like okay then and then looks at nucky and is like so this is who you associate yeah with? exactly <laughs> yeah from here we find out that chalky's still kind of under the impression that hey you were coming at me and you had somebody coming to try to pay yeah. me off right yeah he, now- he thinks that richard is it richard um uh uh michael michael lewis michael lewis he thought michael lewis was a, a plant by nucky um testing uh chalky's i guess yeah. loyalty loyalty yeah and we gotta see <laughs> I just, I and nucky's think, like oh. i don't know what you're talking about man i i i don't know what you're talking about and i, I think uh i think chalky kind of believed nucky at that point, and which is a bad mistake. On it's Nucky's a part. bad thing for Nucky because now Chalky's like, I could get more money yeah. from somebody for doing this. So, yeah, I hate this. I hate this so much. And then when yeah, the waiter we, comes by, and he's like, "Wait a more giggle juice." Yeah, like you. We we find and this is the first scene we really find out that uh, Wig Lady is this is. This is Wig Her. Lady's man. Yeah. Is this a greasy ass motherfucker that <laughs> the Nucky's here uh. watching just devour peanuts all night? <laughs> and they go so perfectly together. Don't yeah, they? right. Like you're you're both fake and disgusting and just ugh. Like uh. And um, you know, I, I again it it comes up the uh, the idea that 
we need uh, these the the women of these relationships need to uh keep to themselves or whatever don't need to uh delve too too much into their men's lives yeah um so all sports and business and yeah yeah oh, leave them to it right yeah exactly of course they leave uh you know greasy peanut man and <sighs> and fake wig lady go ahead and leave and go dance um and while they're doing so uh margaret starts to talk to nucky and nucky again well margaret starts to kind of ask nucky about a situation um what did he bring up he brought it up in the scene right about his he baseball brought up, glove it was the baseball glove that um was owned by a guy and it was a, it was a baseball mitt it was owned by I cannot remember the guy's name. I actually looked up the guy to like read a little bit about him because interesting little history fact. Mm-hmm. The guy, oh my god, I wish I could remember his name. Anyways, let's call him Mickey me. Mantle. Yeah, it's not Mickey Mantle, <laughs> I know, but <laughs> he, um, the guy that he's talking about, I actually did some research on him. He would have played for the minor league baseball team. For New Jersey at the time that Nucky would have been a teenager. Huh. So, kind of interesting, right? I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I guess. Like, I a guess teen- I say, when I say teenager, I mean like young teenager, yeah. early preteens. I guess in the context, that makes it more like that Nucky was holding this guy in such high regard, even though he was just a, a minor league, you yeah. know. Well, it was a baseball player, though. It was yeah, like, it was. hey, was this a is a baseball player. player. I got to watch him, you know, because back then, minor league, major league, it wasn't quite what it is today. Oh, okay. There were different teams. You went to whatever you could back then, right? right? So it was, a, it, was a, it was a minor league team, and it was a team. I can't even think of their name. I, I should have written all this down. Uh, but they were literally right outside of Atlantic City. Okay. And so he very well, he could have been there watching him play. And... um. He talks about, oh, well, um, some kids beat me up, is all he right. says. Now, in this scene, do you think that Nucky's telling the truth? I mean... When you when you very first watched this, did you think he was tell- telling the truth? Yeah. Okay, see, so I did When I first watched this. I mean, I, I thought he was... <sighs> I thought he was... It was one of his stories like, oh, yeah, b- 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 baseball mitt. The way he said it, oh, I was I like, so. "Okay, yeah. it's another story that he's using." Oh, I had I, I I know a baseball player's name, right? And I know that he was probably in this area at this time period, and so I can sit there and say, "Oh yeah, I had his baseball mitt, and it got stolen or whatever." But I I I, I took it more that he wasn't lying, but he was just being short with Margaret because she had already told him earlier that like you just bottle the shit up. You don't let out. And it's because, okay. you know, she was taking the horrible advice from fake wig lady. So Right. Okay. Um, so that's what I thought at first was that, like, Interesting. Nucky was trying to reserve himself because of the cutoff that he got from Margaret earlier at the house. Right. Like, and that's what I thought this was, is that okay. was Nucky just like, I am not telling you a goddamn thing about my past. Just... This huh. shit happened. Uh, let's let's move. See, forward. I just looked at it. Is <laughs> it was nope. I, I uh, yeah, it was taken. I don't want to talk about it. I just looked at it as like okay, I don't want to talk about it because it never really happened. 
Okay. That was how I first took it because, like I said, I don't. I didn't think he was telling the truth. So I, I, I just kind of took away from that because of the 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 context in their faces. Like Margaret is obviously distressed about the situation because mm-hmm. I feel like she knew that this was this was something that did happen in yeah. his life, but he is shutting shutting me out from it. Okay, because of what I brought up before, and I think that um, I think it's nice that they were there with wig lady and greasy peanut man <laughs> because it gave them a kind of a window to see what they could become and i think both of them took from that like i don't want our relationship to be what that, that is. is like he's wanting a different that. he's wanting a real a exactly. real like hey you're not my side thing you're not right. my my mistress my concubine whatever you want to call right. it right you're i i'm wanting something more right so they they got to see like that that future and they were both like no okay. that's not gonna happen and i think that that scene was kind of a turning point for both of them and then like we can both kind of confide in each other and we'll see later on that yeah that, that that's probably the truth in, in the situation so we go from there to seeing the uh uh the commodore for the, the commodore. first time during this episode while. yeah yeah i think it's been like two episodes yeah and he's he's uh sick now yeah, he hasn't he been sick before is, no no it's never right been like this before okay i was gonna say this is kind of a surprise like he's all of a sudden sick and he's like saying he's dying but to be fair okay <laughs> his conversation with his maid is honestly so good because it's remember the last time we saw him in the maid he was degrading her, yeah right? he was degrading the shit out of her and now he's sitting there. They're talking like they're, they're just like people. best friends right here. And they're he's just like, like, "I'm dying." And she's like, "Shut up, you yeah, old douche." They're, yeah, they're they're like confidants right here. They're talking about their behind the scenes. Like, yeah, my fucking my stomach's all fucked up, and you know that. But you're trying to heal I'm dying. Me. You're yeah. not dying. Like, yeah, and she's like telling, "Oh, shut up. I'm gonna I'm trying to help you right now, and there you're gonna live forever." And yeah, it's just a really weird. Completely different Completely than what we've turn, seen before. Yeah, it's a weird turnaround from what we've seen between these two people before. Um, just a lot of respect, honestly, back and forth between the two people. Yeah. So from there, we get to see the Commodore. He's very sick. He is. Sick. He is. He's obviously sick. He he throws up in the um, in the piss. <laughs> I'll go into the piss pot, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is kind of a, a from the previous episode yeah. that we were talking about was a two or three. Yeah. Um, from there it goes to, funny enough, Nucky talking about a poem about indigestion. About, yeah, about getting sick to your stomach from diseases and germs and shit like right. that. Right. So I actually looked up this poem. It is a real poem. It's called The Bug, and it was written in 1890, like the early 1890s. So this was an actual poem. Um, it was a poem slash song, kind of. It was kind of an unusual thing. Apparently, I think it was kind of. It was more like a, um, like a fable kind of thing. Yeah, where it's like, uh, just <laughs> wash was, your hands, or you're gonna fucking die. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> like, hey, it's the 1920s, you're gonna fucking die. Yeah. So <laughs> it was kind of interesting that they do the transition like that, but it's also Nucky. Kind of being a dad. He's being a family man right a family now, man, which yeah. is it's really weird to see that kind of situation. Um, seeing as how I mean, Nucky was has been just a, a hardcore gangster 
Yes. Throughout the show. I mean, you and we've said this before in multiple episodes that you kind of get a feeling that Nucky has this softer side. He wants yes. to be a good person. He tries his best to be a good person. And it's but it's kind of odd to see him in this facet, you know, being the uh, <laughs> We we talked about it earlier, the, the uh, typical 1920s, like, family man being so wholesome and <laughs> taking cues from his friend that he gave uh, his father's house to. No, I can, I can agree with that. We get to see that he's willing to, like, he's basically, like, yeah, he's wanting to go to the house, okay? Mm-hmm. And so... Well, I mean, I, I think in the scene, it's it's... Like we said before, when they were, you know, having uh, drinks with the uh, Greasy Peanut Man and Wig Lady. Right. Um, they were kind of cut off from each other. In this scene, they tell each other that, like, you can open up to me. I'm, you know, be open with me. I I want to hear what you went through. I want to know you. I, they, they connect very much in the scene. And we thought, well... <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. And we find out more that, like, I think that what Margaret was expecting his childhood like was kind of more like, oh, you got some hits, you got some spanks or whatever. And, it, and when he's like, oh, I was in a coma for right 12 days. Right, because, yeah, he finally, you know, delves into the, the baseball glove incident that he kind of brought up at the club and tells Margaret that... With that incident, you know, I got beat up, they yeah. stole my glove, and my father told me to go face these bullies head on, and he got knocked the fuck out. The fuck out. <laughs> into a coma, and it was completely his father's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, he forced him to go into the situation, and this is what happened because of it. Um, yeah. So it's really, a, I felt like this was a tipping point for Nucky and Margaret kind of opened up some floodgates yes. in his feelings because, you know, he's never had somebody that he could discuss all these feelings with all of his past. He's never had that kind of connection with anyone. Yeah. So now Margaret has kind of forced that on him. And I feel like we kind of see a lot of that open up later on in the episode that he's just like some floodgates have opened for sure. Yeah. And Margaret was the cause of that. <laughs> well, we get to see that he's finally finding out that um, the house is ready for viewing, and he's going to take Margaret's uh, son to go view it with right. him. Right. So uh, Uncle Nucky is going to take him for <laughs> Uncle a, Nucky. A yeah. auto an automobile ride. <laughs> so he offers to take him out, and then um, I thought this was kind of strange. He's... I guess it's just he's finally like, hey, I'm wanting to be the father figure. Right. Like, I'm not wanting right. to be, quote unquote, Uncle Nucky. Like, no, let me be. I'm going to be your father figure. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's Nucky being Once a family, again, yeah, a he's opening man. up. He's, he's yeah, We've embracing. Talked, we talked about it. He's embracing what he's always wanted, which is, yes. you know, obviously he wants to be a father. He wants to. He wants to be this kind of guy, you know. 
So from there, we go to the diner and we get to see Liam coming in, who I still to this day, the guy has the weirdest body build. Oh, my God. Me and Beth were talking about this when we were watching the episode. Like, why the fuck is his head so small compared to the rest of his body? His body is (laughs) massive. The dude's got a round, like, barrel body and his head is tiny, but he's got large hands. Like, the weirdest build. That is a very <laughs> weird body, right? Okay, let's let's be honest. I don't know if he was a big guy and lost a bunch of weight. Yeah, right? I don't know what it is. He has a weird body. He does, yeah. So he's coming in for his month, weekly, daily, a I don't know what it is. breakfast or whatever breakfast. the fuck he's having. And, uh, you know, Gets Jimmy. Gets to meet with Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy got tipped off earlier at the beginning of the episode that this guy was going to be here. So Jimmy meets up with him here in this diner. Uh, here's Jimmy in Wolverine mode. Yes. Like, my God. Like, even watching this episode, I was like, holy okay. shit, this guy is fucking real now, right now. <laughs> Jimmy's real now. One of the things he first says, did you serve? Yeah. And what does he say? Nah, he, he like made up some excuse like I, yeah, I, had, it wasn't I had a, a fever it, or some quote shit. Quote, unquote, it wasn't an excuse. It was uh, it was a fever. You're you're correct on that. It was a fever. Okay. Um, it was called rheumatamic fever. Yeah, yeah. Now, what is that? No, I have no idea. <laughs> Strep throat. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's all it is what a bitch <laughs> that's all he is he's a bitch no it's a you're the guy that during the vietnam war i had shin splints yeah right <laughs> right let's be real that's really what this is i had hammer toes bro i had hammer toes so jimmy immediately is like okay well let me explain some stuff jimmy to you. gets so goddamn real i can't Ooh. believe it he's like he's talking about the war and how he he and he this German a soldier. I got no. Let's be real. Was it's, it German or a it Soviet was a, soldier? No, at that time it would have been a German. Okay, so he goes into a story. It's a German soldier who's caught in barbar. His guts are essentially hanging out. Yeah, he's dying. He's dead. No, it's not even he's dying. He's dead. The dude is dead. He's just he's dead and he doesn't know it. And. Jimmy's he, like he says offering. To, he, he he's said offering he offered to take him out of his to, misery. Yeah, hey, exactly. man, I'll come over. I'll put a bullet in your head. It'll be over with. Right. And the guy does not want to die. And he right. cries, mama, 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 which is a real thing. People will be dead and they don't know it. Right. Right. That's a real thing. You talk to any veteran and there'll be people that are shot. There'll be people that are injured. And they just they, they they're dead and they don't know it. Right. Right. Now. You've got different versions on that. I mean, that that's a whole nother thing, right? But this guy, there's no saving him. His, like I said, his guts are hanging out and all that. Right. And he's basically telling the guy, hey, there's things out there worse than death. Right. And you're living it. Right. Because at any moment, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. That's, a, that's essentially what he's saying, And it's right? mostly just like he's using this crazy insane story as a intimidation tactic yes to tell this dude like you fucked with the wrong person and even at the start of the conversation jimmy tells him like look man i'm not gonna kill you but let me tell you what and he starts going into the story and and intimidating the shit out of the guy and you can see it in the actor's face like this dude is terrified right now yes of what jimmy's telling him and of course, Jimmy, you know, he tells him this whole horrible, scary story. 
fucking asshole here has this terrified face plastered yes. across him. <laughs> but then Jimmy just leaves him and says, I don't ever want to see you again. Now, my question is, when he's telling this story about the death worse than life and life worth worse than death type mm-hmm. of situation, do you think he was talking about Pearl? Oh, I didn't I didn't think about that. That's how I looked at it. Huh. Is that what this guy did to her was worse than death. And that's true. And that's why she took her own life. Like if if that guy had just killed her, yeah. it would have been one thing. Right. But you decided to scar her and have her live for days. You stole her dream away from her. Yes. And you can tell that that was the case because she delved into just horrible drug use. Like all these bad habits that ultimately led to her taking her own life. But, you know, that's you took away all of her hope, all of her dreams, everything. And before she died. Yes. And so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about That's that. That's how I put it. Is that he was like, I'm telling you the story. Of yeah, her. he was instilling, yeah, that that because, idea in him. And, and the guy took it as, oh, this guy's gonna let me live. Yeah, right. And you fucked up. But even like <laughs> when we were watching this, me and Beth were watching this at the very start when he said like, relax, I'm not gonna kill you. I was like, no, he's not gonna fucking kill him. Richard's gonna kill him. I know it. I fucking know it. <laughs> so we get to find that he does the little. I would call it a mark. Yeah, he uh, he pats him, him on pat. the back, but it's a very unusual pat. And even the guy even was like, "What the fuck yeah, was that?" He's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like, what was that? And then that's the pat. Oh my god! Right there, like when Jimmy's walking out of the bar and he puts his hat on, he's like tamping his hat. I'm like, "Oh fuck!" This dude he's just, giving the mark. Yeah, he he just started his own like his own empire right now. Like Jimmy is that dude just became a boss right now. And then, of course, like I said, Jimmy's not going to kill him, but somebody will. <laughs> the Tin Man did it. And that's exactly what happened. And look where he, and did you notice where he hit him? Right where he was saying that right under the right Three under inches the right or eye. two or yep. an inch below the eye, yep. which apparently is like a death shot or yep. whatever. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. When he was talking about the uh, German he took out that he was scoping out for three days, that's exactly where he shot him. I mean, because from the start. When we first meet Richard Haro, I was like, he's wearing a Phantom of the Opera mask. Yeah. And then it switches to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> and, all, and the, the music theater. and like the organ the, music. The, I was like, holy shit. This is just now, way too Do you too know when perfect. this was aired in real life? Do you know when no. this was aired? This was their Halloween episode. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I, thought, oh, I found wow. that out. I nice. thought that was kind of, this is their Halloween episode. Nice. I thought that was kind of cool. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Halloween elements to it when you think about yeah. it that way. I was like, oh, okay. And honestly, like this part right here where, like I said, it switches from that to um, it's Lucy sitting in a theater watching Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. and um, Alone. Right, alone. But um, I, I felt like for the cinematographer, whoever the cinematographer was, that was like a really great little scene for a lot of different reasons because you know obviously dr jekyll and mr hyde it's a duality kind of thing there's yes. good and evil and then of course here we have lucy watching this shit we have richard haro living it living in real it. life yeah and um i i felt like lucy watching this movie was um 
was a really nice touch because she's kind of we 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 see later on that she is kind of living that as well. Yes. She's like a double-sided character now where she's, you know, she was totally in love with this person, but right. now she's like turning into this monster because of the money or the not the money. Margaret. I mean, it's just it's you've lost your your person. I, I yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think of the terminology. I, yeah, I it's hard to describe. You've but. lost your man. I guess you've lost your your place in society. If right. you could put that, and so she's she's feeling it right there, watching that whole that whole by movie right by herself. Which I, I just I can't stress that enough. It's she's watching watching it because the beginning of the episode, I'll take you right. And so that's what gets me is that she's watching it by herself. So it's that whole thing like you didn't wait for him or you tried to wait for him. He was never there. It's you finally decided. Right. You have have changed into the monster (laughs) right now. Exactly. Like that was your tipping point. Um, So, yeah, then we we, we go to Nucky. bringing his uh, uncle Nucky. This is the big climactic. I'll call it the climatic scene. It is. It is. And um, the grand, I wouldn't. Yeah, the, the 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 big finale for this episode. Yeah, and it's a big issue. Like uh, Nucky's there. He's I mean, with the his episode's son. called Home. Home, right? <laughs> Nucky's there. He's with his quote unquote his son, um, uh, his nephew, whatever you want to call it right yeah, now, Mar- Margaret's son, yeah. right? And his brothers, Eli, is walking his dad through the house. Right now, one of the things I noticed is the way that his dad talks. So his dad is like he, Nucky and Eli are like talking about the house a little bit, and his dad is obviously on Eli's side, right? And when they go by, his dad basically is like, "You're nothing. You've never been nothing," yeah. and all this. But he says this is he says it in such a weird voice, like almost like a demon. Oh and yeah, that was kind of how I took it. Now I granted I don't. The show's not about to be like supernatural. We're not about to have hunky <laughs> brothers coming out of portals and and shooting salt bullets and stuff like that. But God, I was I like, wish. right. <laughs> but I was like, okay, this is kind of a surprise. Like, why did they make his voice sound that way? Because they had to have done yeah. that. Was an intentional thing, right? Like, we had to look at it from the show's perspective. I believe that that was an intentional thing. Yeah, and I yeah. think it was somewhat like. His it was his inner demon inside of him. You're nothing. You're nothing. You'll never be nothing. Yeah. This is this house but then is you always have to, here. You have to wonder, like, it, was that again cinematography where they were just maybe trying to portray what Nucky was hearing? Like maybe he was just hearing all of the stuff that his dad was saying in such an evil way that it was just it was hitting him, and he was hearing all of this in like this horrible gritty voice and remembering all of his past all of his childhood yeah and like i said earlier i feel like margaret kind of opened up some floodgates for him so i think he was just very sensitive to what was happening here and he just finally was able to realize everything and feel everything very possible and you know his his dad unloading on him was just what it took for him to um, finally take the action that he takes. Because <laughs> he finally realizes his dad's powerless. 
It's essentially and that's, that's the what thing. it is. His dad is powerful. He even mentions that earlier whenever they first meet. Yeah, he can't. He can't. He's like, me you think you're the big shit now, don't you? And then, yeah, like he, he, even his dad thinks that Nucky. Uh, he he understands Nucky is yeah. above him now that he can't hurt him now. I agree. So we get to see now. This is the weird scene to me. Of the whole episode, this one's weird. So. Nucky sees uh, Margaret's son, and he's playing with um, some like light, not not lighter fluid, but I guess like uh, a paint thinner. Yeah, it's like some thinner. Uh, obviously, a flammable substance. And then we get to see Nucky throwing that paint thinner everywhere. Right, yeah. he's coating the entire house. Now, the way that this was filmed, I thought was very interesting. So he's throwing this stuff everywhere. We get a very chaotic, quote unquote, a chaotic scene with uh, Nucky throwing this stuff everywhere. He's like splashing on the windows, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then it's a very solemn um, silhouette of him standing and he lights a match and he just throws it. I like the way that they film that because you went from chaos to total control. Yeah. Because that was what that was. Him setting this house on fire was total control. It was not chaos. Right. Right? And Nucky's outside, and he's watching this house burn, and um, the Mr. 1920s Mr. Perfect. perfect, yeah, Mr. Golly Gee Whiz, <laughs> comes up, and <laughs> Nucky hands him just a fat wad of cash. Yeah, he's like, oh, my house. Yeah, get a better like, house. Look, man, I'm sorry. Here's, some, <laughs> here's a fat wad. Go buy something better. Like, he probably gives him, like, literally, he probably gives him, like, $50,000 yeah, for, like, right. a down payment. Like, yeah. hey, man, uh, sorry I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but he gives him, like, all this money. He's just like, hey, yeah, do this. And that's, honestly, that's how the episode ends. And is, I, like, I, like I said earlier, I, I just feel like this was um, Nucky's action. I, I think it's important to, to, to kind of note that Nucky's action was kind of driven yeah. by the fact that he was able to finally express himself to somebody. And it was just, it was a chain reaction yeah. from when Margaret opened him up to the point where he was able to express himself the way he knows how to express himself, which is to fucking torch this house <laughs> and, and destroy any memory he has of um, his history with his father and just, I don't want this house here. I don't want nothing. Yeah. And so that's the end of the episode. Uh, really good episode. This is honestly. Oh, yeah. I love this episode. Yeah. This was one of my favorites. Um, I really, really like this episode just because we get introduced. There's a lot more uh, dramatic like elements to it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the term. There's not a lot of actual story development, but there's a lot of depth to the characters, which I really like. Yeah, yeah. And we also get introduced to a new character, which is also really nice. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting, we uh, not interesting, I'm sorry. Uh, one of the things cool, we had a, a one of our listeners comment on Facebook. Josh was his name. Uh, he actually lives up by 
New Jersey. Yeah, that's right. And yep. so I thought that was cool. Joshua commented in and was talking about how much he knows this area about, especially like uh, what we were talking about with the one town we thought sounded fake, you know, the Hamilton. Yeah, that's right. And he's like, no, I know about it. <laughs> I thought that was cool, right? Yeah. And so he mentioned that. and then, Was that home of the blueberries? Yeah, that right. It, yeah. But that's also where from the writer of the book. Who's not related to Nucky, but has the same last name yeah. as from Weird, right? Right. And he's apparently from like that whole area. I thought that was cool, you know. And I really nice. like like Josh. Thank you so much for uh, commenting in. And he also said that uh, this episode introduces a uh, favorite character. He didn't say his favorite character, but the I'm fact that he introduced it's Richard it, Harrow. Yeah, I'm going to assume it's Richard Harrow. I mean. Maybe it's Margaret's son. I don't know. You know, maybe it's a, her daughter because they were kind of first. In, Turns know. out at the end of the series, that guy is murdering everyone. He's in a, a plasma suit. And... <laughs> but he commented in. So that was really cool. Thank I you. For, and, yeah. And, yeah. Thanks, thanks for Joshua. Like, like yeah. thank you so much. And the fact that he lives up there, I'm really hoping he can like give us some information about some of the areas up there and some of the real history that he knows about that's not online. Like, oh, did you know this person this? That'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. And um, anybody else, if you're listening, comment in. Um, we are on Facebook, uh, Bootlegging, a Boardwalk Empire podcast. We're also on Facebook, uh, Bootlegging uh, podcast, And we got on. And we are also on Twitter at bootlegging i'm sorry bootleg underscore podcast and write in let us know what's going on you can also send us an email our gmail account is uh bootlegging.podcast at gmail.com we hear so much from fans and we're so happy to hear from y'all so write in let us know what y'all are thinking and until then we'll do some chin wagging next week all right Back where I belong, yeah. I never felt so strong, and I'm back. I'm feeling like there's nothing I can't try. And if you with me, put your hands high. Put your hands high. Never lost a life before.